Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. How's everybody doing? Welcome. Hey, I got to use my usual joke. Can I use my usual joke? Okay, my usual joke was this. Hey, we have church next week too, okay? It's not just Easter and Christmas, all right, people? Uh, no, welcome. So glad you're here with us on Easter. I see so many faces that I just uh, am so excited to, for you guys to be here with us today and on this Easter Sunday. Um, we are uh, going to talk about Jesus. I, I, you know, I was thinking, and this week has been really interesting because for some reason I have just struggled, wrestled with what to say. Now, you would think you would know what to say. It's Easter. You know, you just say, Jesus is risen. Go get some donuts. Let's call it a day. That's probably what you guys are hoping for. But in the next two hours, I'm going to break down what this really means, okay? That's another pastor joke that hits every time. I'm just, uh, but I, I, was, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? Who is Jesus? Who is this man that, that was fully God, fully man, and then on this day some 2,000 years ago was resurrected? I mean, that, that's kind of crazy to think about that. And I wanted to roll through some things and, and really say, who is Jesus? Is Jesus this weak lamb holding a masculated man? I call him the hockey Jesus. Why? Because I, I, I'm not a fan of this picture of Jesus, but you see it everywhere. It's like this nice little cuddly Jesus. Like, who holds a lamb and pets it like a dog? I just don't see that happening. But I call it the hockey Jesus because when, when I was playing and when we play, one of the things that, that, that general managers, which I don't know what happened, they thought that if you were a Christian and you were a hockey player, you guys know what I'm talking about, that you were soft, that you were, you were like, they didn't like. I was first signed by Minnesota years ago, and the GM that was, uh, the GM got fired before I got there, and Bobby Clark came in, and Bobby Clark was like fighter, no teeth, like one of the, the greats of all time, but he did not like Christians at all. He thought Christians were this, just cuddly with little lambs, petting them, walking around, and saying things like thou, and this, and thus, and it's, gosh, some of you think Jesus is like that. Some of you, for other of you, Jesus is a familiar curse word. The name of Jesus only comes when you hit the nail on, you know, with the hammer on, on your finger. The only acknowledgement of Jesus when you stub your toe, when you, when you crash something or, or something happens, and all of a sudden, it's Jesus. Now, have you ever thought about this? How come no one, you know, when they're hammering and they hit their nail, they go, oh, Buddha. <laughs> I've never heard someone run into a pole or something and go, oh, Muhammad. Why is that? The Bible says it's the name above every name, the name of Jesus. There's something there. I'm going to challenge you to maybe not use it in that context. Some of you, for many of you, Jesus is a cartoon character. We learned about in Sunday school. Has anybody old enough and has lived in California long enough to remember Arco? Now, Arco is the gas station where they gave away, like, arcs with all the animals. Oh my gosh, you remember that as a kid, older or younger people, you won't remember this. 
But it's this, this cartoon character of who Jesus was. And, and, and you read all the little stories, and, and he's right there with the Easter bunny and right there with you know, all of the snowmen and all of those things. And that's your picture of who Jesus is. Now, for a lot of you, we like to build our own Jesus. You, you know what I'm talking You know what I love? I love the counter. Do you love the counter? The hamburger place, the counter. Like they give you this thing, and they give you a little golf pencil. You know what I'm talking about? And they go, okay, now fill out. And that's, that's an actual menu from the counter. You know, what kind of beef? Or do you want chicken or turkey or, or, or vegan? And then they go, you know, choose your cheese or your toppings. And, and I love it because I can customize my hamburger. I can get the bacon, the extra bacon that we love. And, 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 and I can get the egg, the, the sunny side up egg on your hamburger. It's just so good. A little ketchup, a little mustard. You know, you can make it just like, it's not McDonald's. Make it just like you like it. It's your hamburger. But it's interesting. For many of us, we like to build our own Jesus. And, and we do things like this. Give me the happy Jesus. <laughs> and I want a little rich and I want a little skinny. And then the sauce I want is no hell and no guilt. Am I lying? Or, or you know, give me the no Jesus, the veggie Jesus. There is no Jesus. I just want to be happy, and I don't want any accountability. We're really good at, at this, this create-your-own-Jesus in life. There's a problem with that. There's a problem with that, and this is the problem. The problem with the build-your-own-Jesus is he looks a lot like you. When I, when I go and order at the counter, the burger looks like me. It's, it's fat, red... Balding, no. Uh, it, is, it is all the ingredients that, that I, you know, you, you know that, that, I, that I would love. My wife would know that I love. And it looks a lot like me. But, but here's the problem when I build my own Jesus. When I look at this word, it, it doesn't look like me. And I don't get to choose and pick what I put on this Jesus. It's a lot more comfortable to build your own Jesus. The problem is it's not Jesus. It's not really Jesus. And, 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 and therefore, it leaves people with this bad taste in their mouth. Because the Jesus that we build, that wants no hell, wants no guilt, no, wants no accountability, when we check those lists off, w w what happens is we're not getting the real deal. And then we get disappointed. And then suddenly when Jesus has this righteous anger about your sin and mine, you go, oh, where's that angry Jesus? I didn't order him. When, when, when this, this Jesus doesn't make me rich because I ordered it on the menu, how can that not be? And I get angry. When I get on the menu and I say, there's no hell, there's no guilt, there's no consequences to my sin, yet then there are consequences, I'm completely disappointed. So, the two big questions I have for us today on this Easter Sunday is, who does Jesus say he is? And who do you say he is? Who does Jesus claim that he is, and, and who do you think he is? Because that, that'll change everything. It'll change your life. 
And some 2,000 years ago, this Jesus went to the cross for you and me. And it says on the third day, today, Easter, that he rose again from the dead. And there's something there that is so powerful and mysterious that it takes a person like me and changes me. A person like you and can change you. Jesus gives seven descriptions of himself in the Gospel of John. And I want to just go through a few of these today. First thing he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Now, when you think of that, I'm the bread of life, you think he's talking about food, natural food that, he ha- you know, that, he, that he's talking about. But when we look at statistically, and I look at America today, I was looking, I'm just like digging, and I could not find a published statistic on starvation in America. Not a single one, other than anorexia and child and elder abuse, which was kind of sad. But other than that, there's no starvation. Now, what I did find in America today, suicide deaths. 47,173. Attempts, 1.4 million suicide attempts in this country. I found that 130 men and women a day die from opioid overdose. Now, now think about this in the context of what Jesus says. He says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes, he who comes to me shall never hunger. If we we're talking about natural bread, which he's not. He's talking about a spiritual bread. What he's saying here is those who are wrestling with suicide, those who are addicted to opiates, those who are running through depression, those who have the struggles in life, those who think they have it all together, the reality is this, that I'm the bread of life, and only me, Jesus, brings hope. And and when you eat off of him, when I read this word and it comes alive in my soul and it changes me, when I eat this word, when I look at it and I read the words in here and, and I see something different, it's eating. That's what Jesus is talking about. This is the food that I eat. And it nourishes my soul. And the answer for suicide, the answer for addiction, the answer for homelessness, the answer for hopelessness, the answer is Jesus. And he says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. There are people in today who are hung, here today who are hungry. And I know there are people out there who are definitely hungry. It's not about food. It's about the satisfaction in their soul. You know that whole, it's never enough. It's, yeah. Jesus says, I'm enough. Food is never enough. There can never be enough ice cream. Yeah, that'd be great. There can never, there can never be enough Kit Kats. There can never, my office, I got all this candy, and I, I say, I tell everybody it's for all the people that come and, the, and all the consult different things that I do, and, but I, I just, I, I crush that stuff. It is unbelievable. <laughs> There's never enough, and when I turn in the reimbursement for candy, I'm sure the accountant's saying, why is so much candy? To which I say, There's never enough. It's, I, I can't be satisfied, but, but this Jesus that I know brings satisfaction when I press into him. When I start getting distracted by all the shiny little things, which happens often, when I get distracted by them, it's not satisfying. But when I stand on this word and I look at who he is, it's satisfying to my soul. The second thing he says, I'm the light of the world. I'm amazed at how many of us walk around in the dark. 
See, what the sun is to the earth, Jesus is to the human heart. I, I, I got up and I don't even know if you remember this. You, you were snoring, so you wouldn't. Okay. But I got up, as old people do, to go to the bathroom for the 18th time. And, and it's dark as can be. Isn't that it's painful getting old? You know, you lose your hair. You got to go to the bathroom all the time. You get, it's just not good. Um, don't get old. Uh, but uh, the other night I got up and, and went to the restroom as usual. It's dark as can be. I ran right into the bedpost. Coming back. Yes. Oh, yeah, you did that too. Yeah. Dark as could be and just boom, smack right into the bedpost. Just boom, right, right there. It was like just stunned me and woke, woke me up. And, and, and as I was thinking about that, it's like, it's like so many things in life that people are walking around in this darkness and we're going like that and boom, we hit the wall or boom, we hit the money wall or boom, we hit the divorce wall or boom, we hit the, thank you for the water, you hit whatever wall it is. It's like this darkness it's in, and we keep hitting these walls in life and we go, what, why can't I just see? And Jesus says this, because I'm the light of the I'm the light. It says in Psalm 119, thy word is the light, a lamp unto my feet. This is the light in my life. I don't always use it, and when I don't use it, I run into the wall. When I walk in this, the word of God, the truth of his word, trusting Christ, trusting in him and what he has, there's this light that just shines that shows me where to go. And some 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to this place and died on the cross and rose again in three days so that he could be a light in your life. The third thing that he says is, I'm a door. That's interesting. Every building I've ever seen has an entrance to somewhere. Jesus is saying, he's the door to heaven. Now, this is, this is, he says in Matthew 7, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. Now, wait, wait, he says, the, the, Jesus says, I am the door. But in, in this, this, this scripture, he says, the road to destruction is wide as can be. It's this huge and he says, many are walking down that, that road. But Jesus says, I am the door. Now, this is, this is, here, let's take a couple people off because it's time. We're midway through. It, it, it's this. You go, oh, you know, Jesus, you're the only way. Yes. Oh, what did I just say? Jesus says, I am the way. I am the door to hope, to happiness contentment to peace. See, here's the lie. Do you ever see the bumper sticker coexist? You ever seen that? It is the biggest fallacy and lie you've ever seen. You know why? Because not one of the, 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 the uh, things, what are they called? Symbols on there. Thank you. That's easy for me to say. That's that fourth grade education. Um, not one of the symbols. That was funny, JF. I'm not that smart. Come on. Not one of the symbols in there believe that they all are ways to God. Not one of them. It says coexist, and it's just, it is so upside down and crazy. Not one of them believe that there are many ways to God. There is a way to God. And Jesus says, I am the door. He says, I am the way. He says, if, if, you, if you were to come to my house today, you had no idea where I lived. And I just said, just figure it out. You, you know, and you live 
50 miles away. There are so many just, you just be, how, how absolutely absurd would it, would it be for me to get, oh, there's 15 ways to get to my house. In fact, I want you to drive north to San Jose, and then I want you to cut and come back around the five, having gone down, and then it's the scenic route to my house, and then I want you to come down, and it should only take you about, I don't know, 14 hours, but you're going to see a lot of good things. How absolutely absurd would that be? And Jesus says, I am the door. This is the way. The gate is narrow, but few are those who find it. Jesus says this, I am the true vine. What, what does that mean? I am the true vine. It, it, Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Jesus says, I am the vine. In other words, out of him, out of his word, when I am connected to the vine, when I am connected to Jesus, this is what comes forth. Now, I need Chris earmuffs because I know you don't know this to be true, okay? And you guys will be shocked when, when I say this, so please hold your seats. I can be kind of an ass. <laughs> I can say that word in church because it's in the Bible. They rode their donkey. D did they not ride the donkey in? Yes, okay. My point is this. Don't get all distracted and religious by that. Here's my point, and I know it's a shocker to you, and I know especially to you. Why did you poke uh, your husband, Jen? Why did you get, when I said that, because he is one too. Um, <laughs> that's why I love him. It, it, it's, it's a shock. Now, let me, let me give you the, the picture here. I am a preacher. I am connected to God. Not always and not in the best way. But you, can you imagine if I wasn't? What would I be like? <laughs> My point is this. It's only by God's grace that I can love this woman the way God has called me to. It's only by God's goodness, being attached to him through his word and through prayer. And, and, and the only way that I can be good. See, by myself, left unto myself, apart from God's grace, not a lot of good. If I were to say, hey, let's peel back the soul of everybody in here. And let's really see what's deep down in there. Anybody want to come up and volunteer and give us a, a recap? <laughs> but, but Jesus says, I'm the true vine, and if you're connected to the vine, who is Jesus, there's hope, there's goodness, there's kindness, there's forbearance, there's peace, there's joy, there's, there's all these things that come forth, and it's only because of my connection to Jesus. It's only because of my connection to Jesus that I have hope that there's, there's, there's goodness flowing out. Jesus says, I'm the true vine. In five, he says, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This is what's called the great exchange. It is, Drucker says it's the best deal that's ever been given. This great exchange. And it's this, John 3.16. Anybody heard that one? You know the guy with the big hair at the sporting event. John, everybody knows that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What is this great exchange? This great exchange is this, that God sent his son to pay the price for my stuff. 
that God exchanged who he, his perfect son, who sat on a cross some 2,000 years ago with a crown of thorns, bleeding and dying so that I can have life. The great exchange is this. God said, I know your life, and I know your sin, and I know what you've done, and still, still, I'm going to give my son for you, and if you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you'll have life. Oh, my. Oh, my. So good. So good. It's what Jesus did on the cross. That's who Jesus is. Because I'm going to give all that I am for you. I don't, I don't know if it gets any better than that. Number six. I am the resurrection life. See, the, the reality is this. Jesus is preaching the gospel. You know what the gospel is? The gospel is the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's good news. See, because the, the other side of it, of the good news, is if we don't walk in this relationship with Jesus, someone has to pay the price for your sin. Someone has to pay the price for my stuff. And the gospel is this, the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And when I come into that relationship with Jesus, when Jesus is my Savior and John's not my Savior, when Jesus is the one and I realize what he did on the cross and I, I repent of my sins, I don't have to stand in judgment for all that stuff. Jesus does. See, there's really that great exchange that we just talked about. There's two dis opportunities. One, you stand before God and take on the penalty of what you've done. Or two, Jesus does. Pretty good deal. The, go the gospel is calling me. <laughs> is that your phone? Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> the gospel offers us eternal life. Oh, I'm going to sit right here until you find it. It is, isn't it? Oh, someone left it over. Okay. It, it, oh, my gosh. That's all right, T. I love it. <laughs> Jesus is on the resurrection life. Jesus is on the resurrection. Then he goes on and he says this last one. On the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Again, it, it, you know, he says, this is the way that you come to the Father. This is the way that you receive eternal life. He says this in Romans 10, 9. Paul, but if you, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I don't have to go to church every week? No, but go to church every week. Wait, 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 wait. I don't have to pray 10 hours a day? No, but pray. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, to get to heaven, I don't have to give money to your, your church. No, you don't have to give money to your church, but give money to the church. Wait, wait, wait. I don't have to do this, 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 and this. No, Jesus said no. That's already been paid for at the cross. You can do nothing to earn it. You have done nothing to earn it. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that confession of Jesus being Lord. It's that confession that Jesus, you died for me. And I'm going to trust in you. 
God raised him on the third day, Sunday, Easter Sunday, so that you and I can have life. See, but this, this whole build your own Jesus thing, it allows me to kind of slip out the back when I build the Jesus that's not the Jesus of this Bible. Because the reality is this. God does convict me of my sin. He does say, John, that's wrong. The reality is this, that there is right and wrong. The reality is this, that there is an eternity, and there's eternal separation from God, and there's eternal life with God. And Jesus is very clearly, if you want an eternity with him, it comes through my son Jesus. If you want what you want, separation from God, he'll give us that too. And Jesus is on the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's who Jesus says he is. The most important question you and I will ever answer, who do you say I am? Who do you say Jesus is? I want to finish with my life. Jesus is my light in the darkness. There's, there's a, I mean, like, I'm a little different than you guys. Probably worse in some cases. Probably a lot better for many of you. <laughs> I deal with darkness. And, and here's what I know. In the midst of these darkness, Jesus is my light. Jesus is my light. I, I, the last seven years of our life have been less than stellar through some of the things that we've had to go through. But I'm telling you, Jesus is my light. Jesus is our light. He's my joy in the middle of not wanting to get up in the morning. I know I'm the only one who sits and goes, oh God, do I have to get up? All of you pop up at five and ready to roll. Everything's perfect in your life and you never wrestled through all that stuff. You guys thought I, I wouldn't do that in church. He's my joy in the middle of the, the just stuff. And that joy isn't that, oh, I know Jesus is going to give me the new car, or he's going to make my wife nicer, or going to, you know, it's not, <laughs> you couldn't be any nicer, so that's not true. I know that he's, you know, whatever it is, but it's just that joy of going, my hope isn't here, it's there, it's far off, it's when Jesus comes. It's into eternity. Jesus is my joy. Jesus is my peace in the chaos. Now, there's a little bit of problem with that because I like to bring chaos to situations. I, l I love the chaos of life. I invited, hence the eight people that live in my house. <laughs> hence the, the, yeah, just all this church planning over and over again. All. But there, there's something in this, this, this chaos that I, I, I stir up. Some of it, I, I know it shouldn't, and some of it is, is you know, but... There's just this peace that God brings that's just, it's going to be all right. Now, when I say chaos and when I say things like that, it's not like I'm, I'm just randomly doing whatever. I do pray and ask God. When we had five kids, we actually prayed and said, God, tell us when to stop. To which some people said, he's never going to tell you to stop. To which I disagree. He did tell us to stop. 
And, and, and it, 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 so the, the chaos of that is, but in the middle of that, there, there's a peace that God, doing church, doing this with you guys in the middle of this chaos of planting a church, our third church in the last 11 years and, and, and starting over again and again. And, and uh, this, the nuts of, of doing that and watching this from 17 people, you know, a year and a half, a year ago to, to God bringing all you back again next week. It's just the miracles of that is just so good. I don't know. There's this, there's this peace that I, 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 I can't explain. It doesn't mean it's always 100% there and that I'm not like disheveled and, and anxious, but there's this steady peace that Jesus is in my life. And it's good. He's my rock in the storm. Of, of all the things that he's been in the last however many years of my life, He's been this. And, and, and I've watched the waves come, and, the, and I've felt the waves on our family and our, our lives, and I've seen the, 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 the potential destruction and all this stuff, but there's this rock, and it's Jesus that I stand on that allows me to get through the storm. Life is about storms. You're either in one, coming out of one, or getting ready to go in one. Good luck if you don't have Jesus. He's that rock, and I just go, okay, God, I can do this. I can do this. Jesus, at the end of the day, is my Savior. See, because I really do believe this Bible for what it says. And in, in Romans 3, this is what it says about me. It says that there's no one righteous, not even one. It says that I'm a sinner. I'd love to choose the Jesus where I can pick my own and go, I'm not a sinner, I'm a good guy. I am a good guy. That's what I think. And there's things that I can do that are good. But, but the Bible says very clearly, there's no one righteous, not even one. And some of you in here right now go, yes, I am, and I'm, I'm a good person. Relative to whom? Relative to... Jeffrey Dahmer, you're fantastic. <laughs> Relative to Mother Teresa, you're a piece of whatever. Fill in the blank. The, 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 it's relative to Jesus who lived this perfect sinless life so that he could exchange his life for mine. And some 2,000 years ago, with me and his thoughts, with you and his thoughts, because that's what the Bible says, that he knew you before the foundations of the earth, Psalm 139, that he had you in his mind before you were even a thought in your parents. And when you were in your mother's womb and he, he was working it together, it said he knew you. He knew me before the foundations of the earth. And God loved me so much that he sent his son Jesus to go to a cross and die an excruciating death so that me, stupid, Foolish, lying. I'm trying not to be those things now, but uh, John could have life. For me, Jesus is my Savior. Because I can't pay for my stuff. And James says this that it is appointed that everyone will die and stand judgment. We know this for sure. 
We ain't going to live forever here. And I know this. Because Jesus is my Savior, I'm going to stand before God someday. And he's going to ask the question, why do I let you in this place called heaven and eternity? And I'm going to say, because of your son Jesus. Period. There's nothing that I did. Nothing good enough. I didn't walk enough old ladies across the street. I didn't do enough good things in my house. I didn't do enough good things in the church. No, no, no. It's because Jesus and Jesus alone. That is what Jesus meant when he said, I am the door. Who do I say Jesus is? He's my hope. He's my hope. He's my hope. I have no hope in money. You know why? I like money, but I have no hope in money because it comes and it goes. I have no hope in a house, a car, the right job. You know why? Because they come and go. Now, I was going to say I have no hope in my wife because they come and go, but that would not be true. <laughs> what I have no hope in, I have no hope in me doing this marriage thing apart from Jesus and it lasting into eternity. I have no hope in me being able to do that. But I have hope in Jesus, in her and me, that I love one woman the rest of my life. Who do I say Jesus is? He's hope. He's hope. Why is this day so important? Because he's not in the tomb. He's alive. I have hope because of what Jesus did some 2,000 years ago. And you can have that same hope. Because the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, what does that mean? That I recognize him as creator and savior. If I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, it says I can have that hope. And that's my prayer for you today. That you too would say, my hope is in Jesus. And all the other things that you're chasing, all the other things that you think will bring you happiness, they won't. But I know this. I know that I know that Jesus does. That Jesus does. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. God, I thank you for these men and women God, this Resurrection Sunday, God, we celebrate what, what, what you did some 2,000 years ago. God, I, I personally celebrate what you've done in my life. God, not perfect. I mess up a lot. But I thank you for who you are. God, I pray that uh, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you today, or your word says that if they confess that with their mouth that you are Jesus, that you are Lord, and they believe in your heart that you raised him from the dead, this Resurrection Sunday, it says they will be saved. God, if anybody here today is to pray that prayer, God, I pray that right now, right where they're sitting, that they would pray that prayer, and God, you would give them eternal life.
Father, I thank you for this day and everyone that is in here. Lord, bless us as we go. Um, Lord, and, and I thank you for this time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.